I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com, where travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. On the podcast today, Monaco, one of the most surreal places you can visit in Europe. Monaco, Monaco, Monaco. Monaco has to be one of the most surreal and strange places in the Western world, or if not, certainly within Europe. Some have likened it to the facade of a Disney resort, and others to the obscene invisible display of a Las Vegas. But for me, it's neither. It's just a very strange place. And unless you're living there for tax purposes, it's hard to see why you would ever want to live there. The city in the country, it's about two kilometres square, is all the same. So the city and the country is all the same. And it largely comprises of uninspiring, large and very unimpressive tower blocks. The very tower blocks from the 50s, the 60s and 70s that popped up uh, across many European cities post-war. And the one difference to those that you see in many cities is in Monaco they cost outrageous sums of money. Monaco is jam full of buildings. Space is very limited, as I mentioned, it's only two kilometres square. And although some land reclamation and building to the sea has helped expand the space a bit, But all they did when they did that is throw up more tall blocks so they could sell more expensive property. Now underneath most of the city there seems to be either vast parking garages or road tunnels. And the whole underneath of the city seems to be a world for cars. It's really quite strange. And I guess this was driven by necessity as there would have had to be very valuable building space given up. And also they need to figure out how to get a lot of traffic in, around and out of the city. Now, I'd never been sure what the difference between Monaco and Monte Carlo was, if anything. And I discovered that Monte Carlo is a district within Monaco, with the country and the capital both being called Monaco, as they are one and the same. And the famous Formula One Grand Prix takes place each May in the Monte Carlo district, which is kind of the centre of the most known and visited area of Monaco, where the casino and hotel de Paris, the famous Hotel de Paris, are located. Now, Monaco is a strange quirk, as it is ruled by the Grimaldi family, and they've done so for many hundreds of years, since about the 13th century. It's an independent state, and only the Vatican in Italy is smaller. And although they have their own tax and business regime, there's no personal income tax, and they run local affairs. But major things like defence, foreign policy, are largely set and guaranteed by France. It's a place where actually the locals are in the minority by far, with most residents being wealthy foreigners seeking the nil income tax. And you have to be wealthy to be allowed to buy property in the principality. Although apparently you cannot be a French tax exile as in a, as an agreement with the French government. 
Now, the state of Monaco is under a lot of pressure from many governments to be more open with their financial institutions. as, the, as this kind of a feeling that it's not only a place where the rich are using it for tax avoidance in their home countries, but also that it's used to launder money by organised crime and other sort of illegal or semi-illegal organisations. Now, as there's a lot of wealth, you see spectacular lot, yachts, well, they're kind of more like ships, in the yacht basin. You see a lot of elderly, wealthy people, a lot of overdressed, over-ostentatious people strolling about dressed to display wealth, and very upmarket stores to serve all of that up. It's all very conspicuous consumption. It's also outrageously expensive, both for hotels and for food and drink. Monaco is also obsessed with security. It has the largest number of police per capita who are very visible, and the whole place is riddled with CCTV cameras. They are literally are everywhere. The other obsession seems to be cleanliness. The place is kept very clean and very neat. So what are my tips for travellers visiting Monaco? My first tip is don't stay. Just day trip it. It's outrageously expensive to stay in Monaco, and on top of the room, costs for everything is hefty. A simple Caesar salad in a hotel could cost you 20, 30 euros at least. And there's not a lot, really a lot to do in Monaco, and so a day trip from Nice or from Cannes is very easy. It takes, for example, about 30 minutes on the motorway from Nice. The drive is quite pretty, and it's even prettier on the old winding route through the mountains. It doesn't even have a toll, but the motorway itself has a toll getting in out of Monaco and one on the A8 motorway, but it's a couple of euros. There are also bus and train options. And as I mentioned, there are huge amounts of parking garages uh, that, that are not that expensive. And once parked, you can walk everywhere you need to because it's not a very big place. The best place to park is the casino area in the very easy-to-remember Avenue du Casino. There are some trolley train tours around the Principality if you don't feel like walking. is quite steep, so you may want to do that. The currency is the euro. You don't need passports, and it's just like driving to any city within France. And unless you know the history and arrangement, you probably would have no idea that it's a separate country in its own right. So when's the best time to go? In May... They have a vintage rally at the start of May and the Grand Prix in mid-May. And the Grand Prix is famous as it goes right through and round the actual city streets. And it takes them about six weeks to prepare all the roads, protective barriers, and a couple of weeks to take them down. Now, there's also many congresses and many shows held mostly at the Grimaldi Forum, which is located on the beachfront. So you may want to go in some things on there. And at Christmas, there's a small market held in the Yacht Basin. My second tip is the main thing is to go to the and be seen at the Casino and the Hotel de Paris. Now, these are the two most famous sites of Monaco, and at any time of the day or night, there will always be a gaggle of tourists snapping pictures of both and posing next to the massive and exotic cars that owners like to leave outside for people to ogle over. It is all very ostentatious. Now, you can see inside the casino if you're over 21 in the day, even if in relatively casual clothes, but will struggle to get into the Hotel de Paris unless you're staying there or dressed very smartly and you're going actually to the bar to eat or for drinks. And in the evening, that means you do have to wear a jacket, you can't wear jeans, etc. The lobby is incredible, and it's worth seeing if you can get in. I actually stayed at the hotel and have a video of the hotel and the room, as well as a review on the blog at tipsfortravelers.com. Now, as an aside, residents of Monaco are not actually allowed to gamble in the casino. My third tip is the yacht basin. Now, from the casino area, you can walk down the winding hill to the left or the right, of the casino and go to the yacht basin. It's not a very long walk, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and it's really incredible. It's You see the most jaw-dropping yachts and ships in there, and it's mind-boggling the wealth that the owners must have, bearing in mind these are kind of privately owned. It really is quite something, and as I mentioned, in winter there's a Christmas market and fair at the basin that, that itself, which is quite fun. 
My fourth tip is from there to walk around the cliffs to the museum or the ocean, uh, oceanographic museum. So what you do is you walk through the art basin, you walk round to the sea and follow a path along the sea and up to the oceanographic uh, museum. It's, there's great views. And of course, if you walk, want, you can go to the museum. But if you're by this stage tired of walking, there's a bus station right there underneath the, the, the museum that you can uh, catch back into town. So my fifth tip is actually the aquarium and the gardens. There are two sort of real tourist attractions, which is the aquarium, the Oceanographic Museum and, and Aquarium, which is very well respected and very well stocked, although actually I've never been, um, but it, it's very famous. And then there's the gardens, the Jardin Exotique, which is halfway up the mountain. Again, I've never been, but it's kind of very much on the tourist route if you're doing kind of the tourist thing. Now, there's also a couple of small museums. They include things like cars owned by the late monarch. Uh, there's one in Napoleonic stuff. There's a stamp one. But they are all kind of more marginal and, and not the sort of thing that a lot of people would do unless you have a real interest in that. So that is Monaco. It's easily done on a day trip, even less. And that would be my advice. You know, stay somewhere like Nice, stay somewhere like Cannes, and actually take a day trip to, to Monaco. Remember, if you want to find out more, you want to see more images, pictures, videos, visit my blog at tipsfortravelers.com, where Tips for Travelers, as I mentioned earlier, is all one word, and Travelers is spelled with two L's. You can find contact details there. You can search on YouTube for Tips for Travelers or Gary Bembridge, or please do follow me on Twitter at Gary Bembridge. So until next time, happy travels. You've been listening to Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travelers or Gary Beveridge on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travelers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravelers.com where travelers is spelled the UK way with two L's or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.